Hey, everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. Today on the show, we are going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer once again, only through the eyes, in some ways, of this 10-episode series called Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, because we say Dahmer more times in the keywords. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's on Netflix. It dropped in September, but... We have finally made our way through the 10 episodes because honestly, guys, this is not a bingeable thing. Although, if you can, more power to you, but no. So it's a Ryan Murphy property, crime drama, biography, obviously. So just as a piece of media, like I said, I didn't find it bingeable. I could only really watch one or two episodes at a time. Preferably one, but then I did start to have to watch two because I kind of got behind because I mm-hmm. was avoiding it a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But not because it's not good. I was avoiding it because it's really good. It's very heavy. And it's very, very heavy and very, it's uh, aff- it gets in your affect. It, mm-hmm. it touches you. It's manipulative the way he was. So it manipulates sympathy for him. Not that you would have it necessarily, but there are moments where you're like, oh, well, look what they're doing there. And I, and I appreciate that as a viewer, I appreciate when they try to get you in a spot where you believe what the guy's selling, because that is, was people's experience of him. And there's this father character that was phenomenal. Oh, he... The performances were great. Oh my god, the acting! It was Molly so Ringwald good. was unrecognizable. She was fantastic. I think she's nominated. I think the dad's nominated. I think Niecy Nash, the name. Oh, was nominated. she was one of my favorite performances. I love her anyway. The only thing that makes me sad for Evan Peters is he's so brilliant in these roles. As he gets typecast, I really want to see him in other things because I actually love watching him, and I love the way that he really gets into these characters and there's so much about even he nailed his his midwestern accent he didn't overplay it i mean he has a lot more to do in the ahs series like he's been used a lot of different ways in the american horror story series but yeah and he's just so good he's so good he's so likable as an actor he really just captured helps this because you want to see how Dahmer manipulated. That's right. And he manipulated by being likable mm-hmm. and by gaslighting you with politeness and passivity. Yep. He played a, he played the bullied victim. Yep. Right? The unassuming, naive. But not the victim that externalizes. You know, we've talked no, no. about Dahmer before on Mm-mm. the show, right? Like, not the narcissistic nope. victim blaming, like, ex- but the passive, vulnerable, polite, Mm -hmm. vulnerable i'm pathetic yep and then he turns that's right yeah yeah really well played but as a media anyway as a media i thought it was good yeah what happens is around episode eight or so is when he's caught and goes to jail and all of that and then the last two episodes some people could see as like i want 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 because it does definitely it's him in prison. It's what happened to all of the people. It sort of gets very, it talks about faith and religion and how he ended up dying and, and all of that. So the last couple episodes, it's kind of that denouement where you're wrapping up the whole story, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. 
But I did the, too. But the but the climax to the show, of course, is when he gets caught because you're building for eight episodes to that. And that happens in about episode eight, and then there's like a denouement or whatever. So without spoilers, that's that's the trajectory of the. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. I I even think the prison stuff is really fascinating. I did too, because there was so much that you know, even the way he died in prison and. Like you said, all the events that led up there. And I think it also gives us some more context around his family. Um, Once they start to get to the trial stuff, then the way that, you know, his father dealt with um, just being ostracized and trying to make sense of how his son got to where he did. And then, you know, the mother is played one way. And she was great, too. That was um, Penelope. I forget her name. She's been in a lot of stuff in the 80s, too. But anyway... I did a Dahmer series early on on the show and I did a lot of research for that. And I can honestly say that at least from, and I'm no expert on Dahmer, but I did a lot of research for that, those episodes. And what I will say is Ryan Murphy did a really good job getting the facts right and implementing a lot of information and executing the the flashbacks and in ways that it made sense and it was easy to track. So if you knew nothing about Dahmer, this series made it really easy for you to truly understand his mm-hmm. psychology and his story, whether people mm-hmm. liked it or not, it was accurate. Yeah. And I think as a good, so I, I have a kind of a barometer for the biography thing is that I don't expect you to get all of the facts right because mm-hmm. I know that a narrative that is interesting yeah. is not going to follow you the facts. Bend it right? a bit. So yeah. what I think is the facts that weren't historically accurate, meaning like Nisi Nash's neighbor character didn't actually live next door to him; she like lived in the next building, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What they when they changed stuff, it was actually for the purposes of making it more dramatic. That's right, and so. And I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. It's just like people who write memoir. Even though it was a true story for you, you're going to collapse time. So there's a lot of that. So collapsing time in autobiography or biography is really important. And in these kinds of stories, they, you know, things happen quicker. Things might happen out of order. Things might, you know, because real life is a lot more boring. And so I, I didn't mind what they what they chose to take liberties with. Same. And I, I like that um what you just said because i also think the intention of that of bringing that neighbor next door is it allowed her to be another narrator absolutely so it 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 served a purpose in the narrative in the story it made it a better story and what they're trying what you're always trying to do of course with this kind of stuff is like the spirit of the story it didn't be the fact that she wasn't right next door to him in reality didn't bother me because putting her right next door gave that intensity that the real person probably felt even from next door. But as us, as viewers, we believe it more. So what we're willing to buy in a narrative, in a show is very different than what we understand as reality in the world. So I just, yeah, I I appreciated the liberties they took, I guess. But, but again, to your, to your statement, for the first several episodes, first four or five episodes in like how they went through his kills and his relationships and the different things that happened and his childhood, which I always really appreciate because we do that a lot on the show. A lot of it, they used a lot of real facts about him. And I just, I thought that was great. 
the the uh, I know we're talking about this documentary, but the one that came out a few years back with Ross Lynch, um, who plays Jeffrey Dahmer as a child. Right. If people are, you know, not that we haven't gotten enough Dahmer, but no, we talked about that one before. Yeah, th- that that's a good one, mm-hmm. I thought, and it it really gives more of um, a background just into his development. Yeah, it's called My Friend Dahmer. It came out in 2017, and I I remember reviewing it. I really liked it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Watching this was incredibly hard, and there were uh, there was a lot, and I talked about this on another episode, which was there was a lot of discussion around how it exploited the gay community, and I really don't, I still, I've, I've watched it all now, I think the reaction that many people might be having is, this was a time where it was very easy for gay men to die and be exploited, I mean, that's all of what the new AHS is about. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like this for that reason, don't watch American Horror Story. And they're both ironically, you know, from Ryan Murphy, who identifies, my understanding anyway, as a gay male. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's he recreated a very real scene and culture of that time, which is what made Dahmer's victims so susceptible to death. This was a community that had no protection, this was a community that was in hiding. That was this was a community that law enforcement really didn't care if they lived or died, and a community where um, they were known to just, you know, have sex and do drugs, and they were killing each other off anyway. This was the perception of the rest of the world and law enforcement, and I think that's a really important part of this because Dahmer was getting all of his victims mm-hmm. in gay clubs and bathhouses. Mm-hmm. And these were places that nobody really cared about protecting or there was no oversight. The only thing we know is once there was a rumor going around that he was drugging victims, then his own community blocked him out. But there wasn't any law enforcement that, you know, it took Niecy Nash's care. I I can't remember the the woman's name, I think is Grace something, unless Mm -hmm. I'm. You know, it took her and a couple of other people to Glenda finally Cleveland, actually. What what is it? I'm sorry. Glenda, Glenda Cleveland. Glenda Cleveland. Yeah. It took Glenda Cleveland and some of these other families and gay men to get this man arrested. But it was it's just like when we talked about Bundy because he was this white male, the stuff that he was able to get off on and go back into the community, really astounding. Yeah. One of the things that happened with this series is now there is a lot of media around so not only like what you're mentioning with the gay community now there's also a lot of media around how the families were treated with this and i've read a couple of articles where they've she doesn't do a lot of interviews but the mother of tony hughes oh yeah she doesn't do a ton of media and quotes and all that kind of stuff she's apparently upset about how their the tenor of the article that I read was that how do they get away she's asking the question how do they get away with not talking to the families and incorporating that into how you do the story is basically that and this is an age old thing with our true crime stuff like some projects involve the family, have conversations, do different things, or involve the players, I should say, the players in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, we did we did um, 
an interview with the creator of Blackbird, the Apple Plus series, mm-hmm. and you know he had the person who went to prison and informed on the serial killer, like that guy was involved in his story and all of that. And he even talked about how, you know, you got to have that person that was involved in it step away in order to create a good piece of media because nobody's going to watch it if you don't create the arc of a story. That's right. And so you have to look at how you incorporate people now, but I get it from both sides. So that's, that's the creating a story side of things. And the reason I'll tell you the reason why they don't have to involve the families legally or technically is because this is all public knowledge. That's right. Court records, like it's all public knowledge. There's no rights to be given, but as, as you see in the later part of the series, there, there was a very real civil case where the families sued to get any money that Dahmer was going to get from anything. So any kind of selling his story, any, they, you know, they were trying to take away his, they took away his 25 cents an hour that he was earning in prison. They were taking away the money people sent him for autographs, you know, all of the aggrandizement that he was getting from fans because there were lots of fans of his, like they took, they won a civil case and took that money and they wanted to take all the money from the father's book sales, which didn't make any money. So it didn't matter. But so this has been a situation and I get it from, I, I mean, I don't understand it affectively as if it was my story, but I can see it cognitively as I understand why they didn't involve them. And I also understand why the families would have wanted a say, I guess, Mm -hmm. because now it's like, well, it's, it's kind of a strange situation because Ryan Murphy has come out in the press and said, I think, you know, he's saying I, we very much want it. We're telling the emotional stories of these victims and, I, honestly, just as a viewer, my own personal opinion is that that was what I was drawn in by those first three or four episodes was that I was effectively, I felt for these victims, they they treated them as human beings with emotions and That's needs right. and wants and a story. And you really got to know who Tony was in episode six. And their families. And their families and the heartbreak and the destruction that Dahmer caused. Like it's a... I I had just a different opinion. I'm not a family of, of one right. of the people who died, yeah. so I can't I can't understand what that's like. But as a viewer and as someone who's studied a lot of heinous crimes and a lot of horrible people and watched a lot of these properties, we've watched a lot of these types of series that like will sensationalize the killer. That do sensationalize the killer. I've watched some trash that's like all about just recreating the Manson crimes and shit like that. Like I've watched all that stuff. This is not that. This is brutal and yeah. heavy and horrible. And sure, if there's a sadist cannibalist out there that would get off by watching these things, like that's not my problem. What I know is that this made me understand and feel for his victims. That's right. On a level that I have not felt from another Dahmer movie, honestly. I absolutely agree. And I think one of the the scenes that, there's two scenes specifically that are popping up as you're talking about this. First is the scene where, is it Tony's friend or one of the guys, the, the black gentleman, I can't remember. He goes to the police station. Yeah. And... Oh no, he's telling his own story. He was the one who escaped. That's yeah. what it was. He was telling his own story. 
and you know basically says to the cop like you're going to believe this guy you know who has x y and z over a black man right so they emphasize that they re-emphasize it again when Dahmer is in court and the mm-hmm. judge is like, now, son, you're at the beginning of your life as a, as a young man and yeah. I'm just going to give you another chance. I mean, they really exploit how much of his white male privilege was 99% of the reason he was able to get rid, like get all of this. And then having to watch the pain of these families, the one man who his English was not Mm-hmm. Very good. And the ju- that same judge was like, can someone else speak for him? Yeah. I think it painted they a picture mm-hmm. of the judicial system that really hasn't changed much since the 80s. And I can tell you that by working in it. I actually feel that um, he represent. I think it's stuff that we don't like to see and it's uncomfortable. But there's a big difference between being uncomfortable with something and something being unsafe or told wrong. It's just really uncomfortable. The reality of this story is horrific. Yeah, our history as racist, and I am a white person, so it's my history. My heritage of racism is there. And so if if you are uncomfortable with that in yourself, I think you should be uncomfortable with it. But if you're not grappling with that and working with that, and if you're uncomfortable with the topic or uncomfortable with the idea that because Dahmer was living in a predominantly black and brown community on purpose because that's who he was victimizing and he was victimizing gay people, Mm -hmm. two marginalized communities to this day... And most people would argue it was worse in Mm -hmm. the 80s. That's uncomfortable. And but that but I feel as if this series did a okay job at balancing. In mm-hmm. other words, do I want the whole cuz some people could argue they didn't do it enough, right? right. Some people are going to say it wasn't enough about the racism, it wasn't enough about the marginalized communities, and I think that's what some of these articles are saying. Or the victims like, were being exploited. The victims were being exploited and there wasn't enough of it, but I saw over and over and over again in this series they were balancing his brutality, developing his personality, developing all these characters, creating good narratives you know you know three-act structure in each episode making it you want to watch the next one like all the things they're trying to balance that you have to balance in making a good show that's why it's practically impossible for most people to do it they were balancing that with showing how you know Nisi Nash's character was like screaming at the walls, calling the police constantly. No one was listening to her because she was a poor black woman living in a predominantly black and brown community. Like that is what they're telling you. That's why I don't know that that's why I believe that's why I absolutely believe that that's why they didn't listen because it was like, there's one scene where the cop even says to her on the phone, how do we know if you just call every day, how do we know what's real? And she's just like, it's all real. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. all real. And then there's another scene where they show that like the cops were maybe one of the people that was prank calling and, you know, calling the uh, Asian family and saying horrible shit to them. So they definitely deal with the racism and they definitely deal with the marginalization of the gay communities then. And in our episodes on Dahmer, where you presented the facts of the case, we absolutely talked 
a lot about how he got away with everything yep. because of his privilege and because of his ability to pass a straight. Yep. And because of, and then I would say because of certain personality traits where he could be passive and polite and pass as average in a, in an average conversation. Yep. Of course, yeah. everybody that came across him thought he was the oddest duck ever, but he if was, if you were just having a conversation on the corner with him, it was like, he just seemed like a nothing, a nobody. Well, the way that he gets the one guy back to his house who wants the ride to the concert, that whole, that scene mm -hmm. to me was one of the most eerie because it's middle of the day. It's always the middle of the day ones that get me right. And you know, the day's going on and he's not taking him to the concert and you're just counting down the minutes that, that Dahmer is just going to completely annihilate completely. him and they're completely alone and he's, it, but he has enough social skills to get this man in the car mm -hmm. and get him back for a few beers. Yeah. It, it's it's a really uncomfortable series. And I think one of the things we didn't talk too much at length about, except for the performances, you know, Richard Jenkins playing his dad. There's a, also a whole whole B story here of his dad's story and his dad's trajectory. And I've I've seen videos and stuff of the dad, and although he wasn't certainly wasn't a perfect dad and he you know he did some awful things along the way there was so much guilt and denial on his part and then so much sadness and guilt and pain on his part and i felt like they really took that story and put it in the show so from the beginning all through the episodes you know he is sprinkled in and it kind of begins and ends with his story and then he's sprinkled in along the along the way the dad the stepmom the mom all the family dynamics that were going on there you know them all blaming each other and and dad ultimately cuz i have seen those videos where he's crying about who his son was and and all of this it's like so no matter what you feel for any of the players in this, I just felt like this series gave you a bit of all the things. So mm -hmm. whatever pieces that you feel are most interesting or get you into the story or educate you on on the family dynamics of a serial killer, which is often what we talk about a lot, or the personality traits and the and the psychology of a serial killer, I just think there's a lot of... There's a lot in this series to glom onto. So those of you who are listeners of ours who like that kind of thing, you're going to you're gonna enjoy this because there's lots of psychology and dynamics. Yep. Yeah. Certainly. And crime. And crime. And crime stuff. Anything else? I don't think so, but I, I would encourage people who have had heard mixed reviews about it and they aren't sure whether it's worth a watch. If, if you're leaning towards, I think I kind of want it, I would watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And make your own opinion. And we would love to hear from you, you know, reach out to us on, on social media or, you know, email is a great way to get my attention. And, and we often bring things to the show. We haven't done it in the last, uh, this season yet, but I've been stocking up. I, I love to bring listener comments. So if you agree, you disagree, you want to yell at us or you want to, you know, leave a five-star review. Do all the things. Do all the things. Whatever you want to do. So thanks so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.